Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Now, second hour. Oilers Now is always brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all and could be doing it for you right now. Brennan Ulrich with you, Bob Stoffer in Disneyland. Some guests on Oilers Now received gift certificates from Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side, and on the north side. Every uh, Tuesday on Oilers Now, it's Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. HRA live racing this Saturday at Northlands Park. Uh, we have Ken Hitchcock on the line as well. We're going to bring aboard Mark here quickly. How this is going to work is Mark and I are going to tag team this interview uh, with uh, Ken. But Devin was telling me, Mark, that uh, you're out there getting your dry cleaning done. That's a quick turnaround. Don't you have to catch a, a quick flight to Vegas in the morning? Yeah, yeah you, us sports writers have a system here. You, you bring in the round two dry cleaning before you leave for round three, and then if you go back out for round four, your suits from round two are ready. It's a system, <laughs> and it's worked for me. Oh, I figured you were paying them big money to get the express dry cleaning, so I was ready no, for no, the morning. No. <laughs> Well, uh, every Tuesday, Stoffer Inspector, we move it to Monday because of that flight. We're going to bring aboard Ken right away. I just want to get your perspective here quickly, Mark, because you put out a tweet on Claire Drake earlier today or yesterday saying you're lucky enough to say the first hockey team you ever covered was Claire Drake's Golden Bears. You learn more about how to treat people, how to lead and teach from coach than actual X's and O's. He included everyone, even the scribe. And I know other scribes such as Terry Jones and Jim Matheson feel the same way about Claire Drake. So what was it about him that made you as a reporter feel so uh, invited, I guess, to, to cover the team? Well, it did. Once you were covering Claire's team, and back in those days, of course, you know, you, I was the U of A newspaper guy at the Gateway, and you got in the bus, you were at always at practice, you went in the road games with the team on their bus, so uh, Coach Drake just included you like one of the players, and in a good way, uh, you know. If, if, for instance, we go to Calgary, and one of the one of the parents, or one of the kids' the players, would have everyone over for dinner. Well, of course, you'd come too. And but the, the funny thing was, because they would book our rooms, and me and the radio guy would stay together, Blaine Ostapovich. 
sometimes if they got a player who was sick and they didn't they want to quarantine him from all the other players, he'd put him in with the radio and the newspaper guy because they didn't care if we got sick. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was just all of those. He just made you a member of the Golden Bears, and with that came, you know, all the little intricacies of how Claire Drake built a team and, and people who played for each other. And, and as a journalist, were you too close? Absolutely. But as a, as a young, impressionable guy who could never make a team like that on my own hockey merit, did I learn a ton about what it takes for teams to win and to care for each other and to always put the logo first by, ahead of the name bar. I learned so much from those teams, and his, the tenets of those teams are why the Golden Bears are still, to this day in 2018, the premier hockey program in Canadian university sports. We do have uh, Ken on the line here, so we're going to conference him in. Just one second here, Ken. Ken, you're on Oilers now with uh, Brennan Ulrich and uh, Mark Spector. How are you doing? Good. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, Ken. So let's just start with uh, your early day encounters, I guess, Ken, uh, with Claire. You've talked glowingly about him over the years. You've been a big backer of him getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He finally did. Uh, but your early encounters going out to those uh, Golden Bear practices, what do you remember about uh, those early days and what you learned from, you know, Claire that allowed you to become the coach that you ended up becoming uh, and go on and win a Stanley Cup in the NHL? Well, I, I really went to the practices for two years without even talking to Claire or Billy. I just watched them run the practices, took my own notes. It was 1982 I got to know Claire because it was the first uh, program of excellence under 17, under 16 camp. And Claire was the head of and ran it. And um, that's the first time I met him. And he, he, he knew that I was up watching, watching the practice because I was the only guy in the stands. And uh, <laughs> he he was just gracious beyond belief, and and uh, you know he he would ask. Uh, we we talked, and he if I was coming down to the games, they played on Friday and Saturday night, and if I was coming down to the games to make sure I came down to the coach's office after the game, and we go over things, and then uh, at the end of in 1982, he gave me all his lesson plan and uh, I, I coached a full season in midget actually two years in midget using golden bear drills and, and lesson plans and followed their whole yearly plan uh, he, he gave me those and then we just we stayed close we, we met each other at clinics and symposiums um, Claire was a big help for us uh, here in the late 90s in Dallas early 2000s because he did a lot of work helping us understand the the really aggressive penalty killing that is common practice now and uh, you know he was very good at instituting different power plays and things like that and we just stayed close to each other and even in the and spec knows this in the first tournament uh for uh, for hockey or for uh sports central claire was the guest speaker there the first time we had the the fundraising golf tournament so he's He's just been connected to my life and my programs uh, really for almost for over 30 years now. Mark? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, and, and it's funny because I'm listening to Ken talk, and he's, he's the professional hockey coach, and you he, he just heard what, you know, how what Claire's meant to him, and I've heard the same, some of the same tales from the, some of the great coaches out there 
Babcock and McClellan and Kingston and Fleming and Dave King and you know Bill Peters. The list goes on. But for me, I'm not a hockey coach. I, I'm a, I observe hockey teams from the outside, and I'm not a big X's and O's guy. But what I learned, in fact, things I've taught my kids. You know, Claire took John Wooden from UCLA. Took John Wooden's old saying: "It's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit." And you know, every time you walk in the Golden Bears dressing room, that was up on the wall. And and if you think that through, you know, in your life and all the different things we do and all the things we try to accomplish. And, Brendan, you know, you guys are building Oilers now. And I know Bob's the guy that runs it every day, but you're the guy behind the scenes, right? And you're making it better. And, and I'm at Sports Central, and they name a golf tournament after me over there. But I'll tell you what, there's a whole bunch of people behind that thing that make it go. It's certainly not just me. And that whole tenet of don't worry about getting the credit. We'll share, we'll share all the credit with a big silver bowl if no one's worried about who's getting the credit along the way. That tiny piece of the Claire Drake pie for me is something. It's something you can live your life on, frankly. Yeah, that's amazing. And you, uh, I know Ken, you've talked about this in the past on this show how. He just, you know, you couldn't find a guy that means more to the game of hockey in Canada than Claire Drake. So that's a, a very strong statement. I know uh, Mike Babcock said he wouldn't be a coach in the NHL today if it wasn't for uh, Claire Drake. So clearly uh, the impact has been felt. And uh, as you went on into the NHL, Ken, as a head coach, uh, just talk about maybe, you know, the seeds that, uh, you know, were planted by Claire that eventually grew and then they still, I guess, are growing and uh, are still implemented into the game today. Well, Brendan, I think the biggest seed that he planted, when I started in the National Hockey League and even before that, there was no such thing as sharing. You never shared anything. You you were guarded. You, you went into clinics and gave no information and Claire was exactly the opposite. He had the philosophy that the more he shared the more he learned and that became contagious with a lot of us young coaches so we went to the clinic opened our books opened our game plans and if we and we got it all back in space and that's what to me made him so special is he convinced a lot of coaches um, to completely open everything and that's what when you talk to Babs that's the one thing Babs learned too was that if you expect to be smarter as a coach you've got to be open with with your ideas and you've got to be able to share them with everybody and willing to, and be willing to expose some of your philosophies in order to get key teaching points back and that's why everybody's so appreciative of Claire Drake because he 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 didn't care who was there. He didn't care if it was an opponent. He shared all that information and then got it back in spades. And he looked at it as a learning opportunity. And and uh, I think all of us got a lot better when, when that drawer opened. And then we were able to move it forward where if you... I mean, it, the toughest thing was uh, when we went to the Olympic Games and... Uh, and Babs, Babs put up, he, we, met, we met on a Wednesday night, and Babs says, when you come in on Thursday morning, everything we do in Detroit is going to be up on the walls. And he had 50 sheets of paper right around the room on everything the Detroit Red Wings do. And it forced you to share. And he learned that from Claire. And, um, 
And I mean, by being able to pass that on all the time, it's just made made us such better coaches because of it. Well, the most amazing thing as well is that he went on to win a, a football national championship. Ken, as a head coach of <laughs> hockey, um, could you imagine what would it be like? They're completely different sports. Uh, could you imagine winning a national championship in both sports? Like that's astonishing. And I guess maybe you talk with the teacher that he is. Maybe it makes sense, but to me, it's just uh, mind-boggling to think that. Well, what's mind-boggling is he was coaching two sports at once. That's yeah. that's, that's unbelievable. Like. Like the football season was still going, and he was going from from football to hockey, back and forth for about thirty days. There, he was doing both programs. That's that's what's amazing to me is how the heck did you do that? How the heck did you have the energy to do that? But you know, if you're a teacher and uh, and you're 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 uh, you're like he is, you're you're just such an energy. Your your energy to absorb information is incredible. It doesn't surprise me with him that. He's able to do that, and and I I, I think that um, look I I I was there when the U of A Golden Bears and the University of Calgary those hockey games were as good as the Oiler Flame games in the heyday. That's how good the hockey was, and I was there. If you didn't get a seat for the JV game, you didn't get a seat for the varsity game. You had to come early and. And the JV game was always earlier in the day, and you had to be there because you couldn't get into the building. That's that's how important college hockey was in Alberta, and that's how big it was. And I remember games would be at 8 o'clock on a Friday night against the University of Calgary, and if you weren't there by 4 o'clock, you, you never got in the building. And, and he coached when it was in its heyday, and to me, was as good as any professional coach in the world at that time. Mark, anything else you want to ask Ken before we let him go here? Well, I would say, Ken, you know, so many of the guys that that Coach Drake mentored went on to become excellent National Hockey League coaches. But when Claire showed up in the WHA to coach those old the, the WHA Oilers, they weren't, it's as if they weren't ready for him or, you know, he didn't he was viewed as this quirky college guy. I guess I'd ask you, how come all of you guys went on to long NHL careers, and why didn't Coach ever go on to a long NHL career? Well, uh, like I was saying before, Mark, he he came into a guarded society. He came into a, a society where where nothing was shared, and and when he came to us. Um, we we wanted every piece of information he was willing to give, and he once he started giving information, he found he found an audience that really absorbed it, and he just kept giving us more and more. And then then the obligation fell upon us when we went to pro. So when we all went to pro, we came back, and it just became a big cycle of of helping each other because we felt because of what he did for us we had to bring back and share with other people and he created this this element of of sharing and giving and that's what you did at clinic but he coached and grew up uh in an era where man you you didn't give up anything and i i i was with jacques lemaire and and jacques would tell us when when he played for the Montreal Canadiens, you you were told don't 
tell anybody anything of what we do. Nobody, <laughs> nobody gets to know. And and that was the area that Tyre was trying to break into, and it he was just too far ahead of his time. Ken, you're retired now. What's your summer looking like before I let you go here? Uh, I'm back out west uh, in two days and looking forward to it. And we'll see. Uh, well, uh, my body's retired, but probably my mouth isn't. So I'm going to keep doing things, and and uh, and I'm 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 going to go on a little bit of a learning jersey a journey. Sorry, uh, to. Uh, learn from other sports and stuff like that so i'm really looking forward to it well anytime you want to chat just uh give us a call here uh, at oilers now we'll be happy to get you on the air i think gang thanks ken that's uh ken hitchcock now retired uh mark specter is uh still on the line and every tuesday at stoffer inspector for horse racing alberta live racing at northlands this saturday we're going to take a quick time out we'll come back with uh, mark specter and talk a little little bit about uh, game two between uh, the jets and the golden knights tonight and also the washington capitals the lightning have no answers more with spec when we come back when you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. It's 122 in Edmonton. Ulrich in for Stoffer on Oilers Now. Devin helping out today as well. Every Tuesday on Oilers Now at Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing at North Lions Park this Saturday, although Speck is on Monday and he'll join us again likely uh, on Thursday once he arrives in Vegas. Mark, did you learn anything there from uh, Ken? Because I know I did. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it's, I was thinking that during the break. Uh, there's a few coaches around the circuit that when you cover their series, and Paul Maurice is one, uh, and when, when you're around them, you kind of, if you keep your ears open and you ask the right questions, you do learn, right? You learn about the game and you learn sort of how coaches coach and, and what are, you know, you think you know what's important to coaches, what goes way beyond W's, right? There's, you know, there's a million intricacies out there. And there are coaches that will never give one of those up, like Joel Quenville, for instance. He's a really smart guy who knows a lot about coaching. I don't learn anything about coaching when I'm around his team because he keeps her shut down tight but but ken is a guy that when you cover the blues or the stars or wherever wherever he's at when you cover him and guys around the whole circuit tell me this they love it because he lets you in a little bit he lets you inside so where does all that you know he's basically sharing knowledge that a lot of guys won't share well if you heard the last segment you know where that comes from so you know we talk and talk about all the legacies that coach drake left behind and there's just another one, right? Here's a, him and you know a couple other guys out there that Bill Peters is another. When you cover his teams, you learn about hockey, and really, that's the whole sharing thing that makes you know makes them better people to be around. Well, I'm sure as Jeff is listening to this segment, he's likely thinking, "Hey, we should probably start doing uh, Stoffer and Hitch every Tuesdays now that he's retired." 
<laughs> no, no, hold on. Just kidding, Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom McClellan always gives insightful answers, even after a loss. Um, you always learn something sure. from him. I was listening to Gerard Gallant after uh, Game 1 the other night, and he didn't say much. I think he was uh, upset after the loss. and that. Uh, yeah. But, it's you know, it's different coaches, different, yeah. Yeah, every, it's not after every loss or win. Sometimes it's the practice. Sometimes it's the morning skate. It's all about, if you know, sometimes when you ask a real good question, some coaches look at you and they say to themselves, I'm not answering that. That's given up too much. And other guys reward you and say, you know, that's a real good question. Here's your answer. And those are the guys you love being around, right? Did you watch uh, the Capitals dismantle uh, the Lightning last night? Yes, every second of that <laughs> game. It was a really good game, for one. Well, yeah, uh, it was physical. A little bit feisty. Yeah, yeah. We're I think we're in such a good place with hockey. Who are the teams that are winning now? The teams that skate and play, the teams that have you know, look at all the skill Tampa has, and and Washington is you know they don't sit around and trap you. They're not boring. I mean, there's times years ago that the best teams were the most boring teams, and Winnipeg and Vegas go go go. And I think hockey's in a great. This is a good Final Four. The teams are fun, and to me, to my eye, they play hockey the way hockey's supposed to get played. Yeah, what, why can't the Lightning seem to get anything going here uh, through two games? I thought they were going to win game two handedly last night, but it was the other way around. I mean, they scored two goals on, on the power play, Tampa, but uh, five on five, they can't really... I mean, Barry Trotz and this 1-3, uh, one, one or whatever you want to call it, the 1-4, seems to be stymieing Tampa Bay. Yeah, there's some neutral zone play there that Tampa, you know, we're going to find out how good a coach John Cooper is. Uh, because it's, it's not about, this is what you got to remember, it's not about whether the coaches can figure out, you know, how to break some type of a trap or a press or, or a neutral zone system. The coaches can always figure it out. But can the coaches teach their players to break it? Can the coaches teach their players to confidently execute a new game plan through neutral ice? And last night what I saw was a Tampa team that the players were like, I don't know if we're going to get through this neutral zone thing. It's given us trouble. Now we're tentative. Now we don't want to make a play. You know, all these guys with a ton of skill afraid to, to try to make a play. And that tells me that Washington's got the skilled Tampa Bay Lightning exactly where they want them right now. Absolutely. Going home for game three. The Caps very good at the Verizon Center. We'll see what happens moving forward. Just quickly, uh, you're off to Vegas uh, for game three. We don't know what's going to happen tonight uh, in game two. The Jets uh, hosting the Golden Knights. When I was in Mexico spec, I was surprised every time I went on Twitter. Everyone's so surprised at how good the Jets are. They're like, oh, Shifley's really this good? He's a superstar. I'm so surprised. Like, did no one watch the Jets play this season? Yeah, or the last couple seasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, that's the deal when you're Winnipeg. Right. See, Edmonton even might be the same, but they got McDavid. So people from across the league watch the Oilers play to see McDavid, and at the same time they see other players. They go, hey, Drysdale, he's good. Hey, you know, I like this player. I look at Nurse, he's a good player. But when you're Winnipeg, frankly, there's a lot of corners of the NHL that don't watch you play almost ever. And now they're forced to watch you play, and they go, wow, man, who's 55? He's pretty good. I can't spell his name. <laughs> but he's a hell of a player. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I've watched him play a lot, Brandon, and the opportunity to watch him play every single game now into the third round, my he has grown in my esteem, too. Like, I knew he was good, and I watched him at Team North America, and I've seen him lots, but just watching him every day, he's even better than I thought. So I could imagine some guy out of Buffalo who's never seen him play. Uh, oh, yeah, Mark Shifley, he's a player, boy.
Well, the scary thing is the Jets are only going to get better. Like They're going to learn from this experience in the playoffs with all their young players and likely get better and better moving forward. They have so much young talent. So well, might learn a ring in their finger the way things are going. There you go. We'll see what happens. Uh, make the call, <laughs> I guess. Will uh, the Jets win tonight and uh, Vegas be down 0-2 when you head to Vegas for Game 3? Well, this is the fun game here because, you know, I think that we'll give Vegas a, a mulligan on the first game. They got... You know, Winnipeg came out, scored a bunch of early goals. It was over quick. Flurry wasn't great. Uh, that didn't look like the Vegas team we've watched so far. So, okay, so you lose the first game. We'll give you that. The second game, there's none of that's happening, right? The second game, they're ready. Uh, they're focused. They want this game pretty bad. I don't care about home ice. If you give up the first two games of a series, it's hard, hard, hard to win. So I'm very interested to see what Vegas has tonight. Vegas might win tonight. But if they get beat by three again, it's going to be a short series because you will see the the complete and utter Vegas Knights effort tonight. Uh, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I guess I'll pick Winnipeg, but I'm going to watch the game with interest because, frankly, I don't think we've seen Winnipeg beat the real Vegas Knights team yet. Fair enough, Mark. Uh, we'll talk again likely on Thursday if that works for you. Yeah, sure. Keep in touch anytime this week, my friend. Okay, that's Mark Spector from Sportsnet. He'll be out in Vegas covering Game 3 and the rest of that series. Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday on Oilers Now, brought to you by Horse Race in Alberta, HRA Live Racing at Northlands this Saturday. We heard from Ken Hitchcock. We heard from Bill Morse. When we come back, we'll hear from Stan Marple, the current GM of the Alberta Golden Bears on Oilers Now.